you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me this week. Before we start the episode, a quick reminder that if you enjoy the show, it would be awesome if you could head over to Apple Music, hit the subscribe button, and drop a review. It really helps out the show. If you've got a great creepy story to tell, send us an email at straightupenigmas at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at straightupenigmas or Twitter at straightenigmas. Your story could be featured in an upcoming episode. While I put a lot of time into the production of this podcast, nothing would be possible without all of the informative articles I use in my research. Source information for these articles can be found in the show notes and also on our website at straightupenigmas.home.blog. As you heard at the top of the episode, Straight Up Enigmas is part of the Straight Up Strange Productions Network. The network has a great lineup of creepy shows that explore myths and legends, true crime, unsolved history, dreams, and strange science. You can find our spooky family online at straightupstrange.com, Twitter at Strange Podcasts, and Instagram at Strange Pods. Be sure to follow the Straight Up Strange network on social media to receive important updates and insider news. Thanks for listening, everyone, and without further ado, let's begin. In 1954, 21-year-old Jean Marie, or Mary Townsend, lived with her parents on Bempton Drive in South Ryslip, England, and worked as a theatrical costumer in London's West End. On the night of September 14, 1954, she attended a social event in the West End, returning to Ryslip later that night on the last Central Line train. At around 11.45pm, she was seen leaving South Ryslip Station and walking alone along Victoria Road. Her body was discovered the next morning on waste ground to the north side of Victoria Road, close to the junction with Angus Drive in the area now occupied by St. Gregory the Great Catholic Church. The autopsy report stated that she had been strangled with her own scarf. Who killed Jean Townsend? Was it someone she knew or a complete stranger who just happened to be at the train station that night? Was Jean murdered by serial killer Peter Manuel, who was convicted of a string of killings in nearby Scotland? Stay with me as we take a closer look at the death of Jean Marie Townsend. I'm Jaden McKell, and you're listening to Straight Up Enigmas. Thank you. 
Before we explore the investigation of this case, I want to review the facts surrounding Jean's murder. 21-year-old Jean worked as a theatrical costumer in London's West End, so she either created and or supplied costumes to local theatres. The West End is a region of London where a lot of the city's major tourist attractions and entertainment venues, including West End Theatre, are located. Along with Broadway Theatre in New York City, West End Theatre is considered the highest level of commercial theatre in the English-speaking world. For Jean to have worked as a costumer in London's West End, in what is basically Europe's version of Broadway, she must have been very talented or at least a dedicated and hard worker. Jean attended a party one night after work, and sadly, her body was discovered in the grass by the side of the road the next morning, just three quarters of a mile from her home in Bempton Drive. Jean had been strangled with her own scarf. When police began investigating Jean's murder, local suspicion immediately fell on American servicemen based at the nearby South Ryslip Air Station. Rumors of an American being involved spread when a woman living near the scene reported hearing a woman cry for help late on the night of the murder, followed by two male voices arguing, one of which seemed to have an American accent. More rumors of reluctance on the part of the United States Air Force authorities to cooperate with the police in the murder investigation only heightened local suspicions. Several women also came forward, reporting that they had been approached or harassed by strange men in and around the area where Jean's body had been found in the days preceding the murder. One of these women, Miss Jacqueline Cliff, told reporters how she had been repeatedly approached by a man around 30 years old with a high forehead who spoke with an American accent and drove an American-type car. Joan Gala, another young woman, also reported being attacked by a man with a high forehead late at night on Victoria Road on the Saturday before the murder. The Metropolitan Police followed leads from as far away as Germany, where they heard reports that several young women had been murdered in similar circumstances in the early 1950s, with their bodies left by the side of the German Autobahn. The idea that US or British servicemen stationed in Germany might have been responsible was looked into but discounted. While police searched for answers abroad, some local residents responded by organizing patrols to escort women to and from the train station late at night, and for good reason. Another young woman, Ellen Carlin, had also been murdered in London earlier that very same month. Carlin was allegedly working as a prostitute and strangled shortly after being seen with a man in a U.S. Air Force uniform. Just three weeks after Jean's murder, a Mrs. Doris Venel reported being followed and attacked by a man outside North Harrow Tube Station, around three miles from South Ryslip Station, while returning home after midnight. Her attacker had boarded at Baker Street and sat watching her until following her off the train at North Harrow. 
Mrs. Vennel managed to get away, but only after a struggle, during which she tore a few buttons off her assailant's coat. Once again, the man was described as having a high forehead. Three years later, in 1957, a young mother named Muriel Maitland was brutally murdered in Cranford Woods near Heathrow Airport, just a few miles from Ryslip. Police considered the possibility of a link with the Jean Townsend case, but in the end, nothing came of it. In June 1971, South Ryslip was the scene of yet another murder. On the morning of Sunday, June 13th, the body of Gloria Booth was discovered about half a mile from the South Ryslip underground station and a mile from the scene of Jean's murder. Like Jean, Mrs. Booth, a 29-year-old housewife, had died from strangulation, and it appeared that a scarf was once again the murder weapon, leading at least one journalist to refer to the area as Ryslip's Murder Mile. We'll be back with more Straight Up Enigmas right after this. Hey, did you know that in the original Bloody Mary ritual, you had to walk backwards up a flight of stairs? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the purpose was to catch a glimpse of your future husband's face. Really? I wish I could find my future husband that easily. Honestly, all I really want to do now is drink a Bloody Mary. Well, how about we go make some Bloody Marys while you tell me more fun facts about Bloody Mary? Join us every week at Booze and Spirits, where we make our favorite drinks and tell each other our favorite paranormal stories. Find us under Booze and Spirits on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and Podbean. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Booze and Spirits. Hi there, I'm Oz from the Oddball Aussie Podcast. Do you enjoy hearing about ufology, the paranormal, cryptids, and anything else that's strange or unknown? If so, then my show might just be for you. Join me for a different topic once a week and a midweek show that's all about listeners' true stories. Follow me on Twitter at Aussie Oddball or email me at theoddballaussie at hotmail.com. Hope you enjoy the show and stay safe out there in the weird. In October of 1982, the Metropolitan Police reopened Jean's case, announcing that it was reviewing its files following a number of anonymous telephone calls. The content of the calls has never been released, and the caller's identity remains unknown, though some newspapers report that it was a man. The police stated that they were very interested in what the caller told them and told reporters that, because of the calls, they now felt sure that no American servicemen were implicated, and also that there were no links between Jean's murder and any other crime. Lillian Townsend, Jean's mother, was interviewed by the Daily Mail and told the paper, I never really got over her death. A clairvoyant told me whoever did it was far away across water, but now it's nothing to me. I am not vindictive. I don't know why they should reopen the case. Despite the police announcements and the hints of new information, no further developments were reported and no arrests were made. Now that we've discussed the investigation of Jean Townsend's murder, let's move on to a couple possible theories. 
The first theory has its roots in a 2005 appeal made under the Freedom of Information Act. Reg Hargrave, a former friend and neighbor of Jean's, asked police to release Jean's case files to the public, but the request was refused. This was followed by another appeal, heard in closed session by an information tribunal, which upheld the ruling that Jean's files be withheld from public inspection until the year 2031. The tribunal noted in its ruling that a re-examination of Jean's clothing and other items had been undertaken in the 1990s by the Forensic Science Service. This had been done in the hope of identifying new DNA evidence, but had produced nothing of value. The tribunal heard a theory that the killer was one Count Francesco Carlo Delatri, an Italian nobleman of mixed English and Italian descent, who had been living in the London area at the time of the murder. Suggestions about the Count's possible involvement seem to have stemmed from an interview with his former landlady, broadcast a few years earlier on BBC Radio 4. In the program, it had been alleged that the Count, who was known as Frank to his friends, was in the habit of traveling on the London Underground late at night looking at other passengers. This had reportedly attracted the attention of the police on at least one occasion. It was further alleged that the Count had unexpectedly left England for Italy shortly after the murder, never to return again. It was stated that there was a locked wardrobe in the Count's rooms in London which, when his landlady and a colleague broke it open, was found to contain a United States Air Force green coat with a missing button. In their ruling, the tribunal made it clear that they felt there was no real evidence to link the Count to the case. They concluded that theories about any possible involvement on the part of the Count were highly speculative. Another theory that has emerged in recent years is that Jean Townsend may have been murdered by the Scottish serial killer Peter Manuel. While there's no direct evidence of any involvement by Manuel in the murder, researchers are fairly certain that he was in the South Ryslip area for a short period during the later half of 1954. Manuel, who was executed in Glasgow in July 1958, was convicted of a series of killings in Scotland, but is widely suspected of several murders in England as well. Some suggest that his presence in Ryslip around the time of Jean's killing is simply too much of a coincidence. Over half a century later, the murder of Jean Townsend remains unsolved. The killer or killers of Ellen Carlin, Muriel Maitland, and Gloria Booth have also evaded justice. What do you think happened to Jean Townsend? Was she killed by a mysterious Italian count? Was Peter Manuel, the Scottish serial killer, responsible for her death? Or did an American serviceman have a hand in Jean's murder, as the locals believed? Find us on Instagram at Straight Up Enigmas or Twitter at Straight Enigmas and let us know. You can also contact us through email at straightupenigmas at gmail.com or through our website, straightupenigmas.home.blog. 
If you like the show, please remember to hop onto Apple Music to give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast. This episode was written and produced by me, Jaden McKell, and the theme song was created by Chuck Flyer. You can find information for the articles I used in my research, including Murder of Jean Townsend from wikipedia.com and Jean Townsend from unsolvedmurders.co.uk in the show notes and on our website, straightupenigmas.home.blog. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time on Straight Up Enigmas.